If you have your Bibles, if you turn to the book of John, I'm going to be teaching today this uh, Sunday school lesson out of uh, the sixth chapter of the book of John. We'll also be uh, a few times turning to the corresponding uh, story that we're going to be looking at in Mark's gospel, which is found in um, Mark 4, but primarily we're going to stay in uh, John 6, but we may, if you can put your finger in uh, Mark 4, you can go ahead and do that as well. Uh, last Sunday morning in our 9.30 Sunday school uh, session, uh, Brother Darren Venus taught. Uh, does anyone remember what that lesson was about? Shout it out if you remember. Quickly, if you didn't, I'll go ahead and answer the question. It was He talked about uh, the miracle of Jesus feeding the 5,000 um, on that hillside. And 5,000 men, so we can assume that there were even more present that day. Some uh, estimate 10, 15,000, even 20,000 I've heard. Uh, we really don't know. But what we do know is that Jesus performed a work on that day, that Jesus moved with compassion, and he fed those that were hungry. And he does that same thing for us in the 21st century. Those that are seeking God, that are hungering and thirsting after him, he will fill us. Not, and it goes beyond just a physical fulfilling, but he fulfills the soul, and he fulfills the heart. And so he began, after feeding their bellies, feeding their, their hearts that day, and taught um, and then as you read on, you get to where we are this, uh, this week in our lesson, which comes uh, starting in verse 16. It says that when even was now come, his disciples went down into the sea, and they entered into a ship. So this is after that miracle of feeding the 5,000, just to remind you there. They entered in the ship, and they went over the sea toward uh, Capernaum, and it was now dark, and Jesus was not come to them. So Jesus, he, he actually went away. He went away by himself after this time period, went and prayed, it tells us um, in other gospels. But when they, so the, they've, Jesus and the disciples are now separated at this time. The disciples are on the sea, and Jesus is still on the land. Verse 18 says that the sea arose by reason of a great wind that blew. So a storm comes, a great storm appears unto them. So when they had rowed about five and twenty or thirty furlongs, they see Jesus walking on the sea and drawing nigh unto the ship, and they were afraid. But he saith unto him, unto them, It is I, be not afraid. Then willing they willingly received him in verse 21. They received him into the ship, and immediately the ship was at the land whither they went. And that day, once again, we see those winds and those waves cease at the presence of the Almighty God. Shipwrecks form the stuff of legends. We read about them. We look at shipwrecks. And we wonder what happened. There are famous ones. One famous shipwreck, probably the most famous one, is the Titanic. We know it ran into that iceberg, and many, many perished that day. There's another famous one. Uh, one of the other well-known ones is 
the story of the Edmund Fitzgerald. And it, that Edmund Fitzgerald uh, ship, um, it was the largest cargo ship in the Great Lakes, uh, the Edmund Fitzgerald. For 13 years, it was the largest ship on the Great Lakes. And uh, as you see, I, I think they may have some photos um, of that, maybe not um, today, but um, it was a very large ship, the Edmund Fitzgerald, very long um, in its size. There we go. Uh, very large. And it, it was on um, in the Great Lakes. Some photos, when you see the devastation of what happened, make it look like it was two ships, but it was really just the one. Um, and it, the ship and its crew had made 748 round trips um, in its lifetime. Seven, it, was a, it was on the sea for 17 years. It was built to haul iron ore from Wisconsin to Detroit. Um, but this vessel was seasoned. It had been on the water quite a while. It was not a new ship. It was not its first go-around. Um, it had been in the water a while, but something happened on November 10th, 1975, that even the experts can't really explain. Lake Superior turned from friend to foe on the Edmund Fitzgerald. Hurricane-force winds beat upon that nearly 30,000-ton thir- vessel, and the churning waves tossed it around like a ball. The captain, he radioed for help to a nearby freighter. He said, I have a bad list, lost both radars, is what he said. And then it was gone. They were only 17 miles from the shore, and on a calm day, they would have made that trip in about one hour. But this day was not calm. This day, the lake appeared angry. And by the end of the day, Lake Superior had claimed the lives of all 39 crew members and the largest ship on the Great Lakes had sunk to the bottom. The shipwreck was storied. It inspired Gordon Lightfoot's song, The Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. Um, And as I said, shipwrecks, they form the stuff of legends because you never know what can happen on the sea. You never know what can happen up on the water. I've recently in my social media feed, I don't know why I'm seeing these, but, you know, the algorithms, how they work, I'm seeing these videos of the North Sea. Has anyone seen footage of the North Sea and how crazy it is and how these large ships just get hit from every side? And and it's tough making it through those waters. And when you're out in the water, even however safe you feel, there is a reality that anything can happen, that, that anything can take place, and that underneath you is a surface that is not sound. And around you are winds that can stir up in moments, and crazy things can happen even in times that feel certain, in times that uh, you're not really expecting anything crazy to happen. Um, And that's what happened in the story of the Edmund Fitzgerald. And that's what happened also in our story, in our Bible story that we read. Uh, The disciples, they had just come from another wonderful, filled day, a a wonder-filled day, a a miracle uh, day where Jesus, he's just done something just tremendous, something that would... 
if we witnessed it here today, just we wouldn't stop talking about it. We would post it all over our social medias. We would uh, call our friends and anyone we knew once again to because we were reminded that this Jesus that we know is a pretty amazing person. He's not just a pretty amazing person, but he is God Almighty, and he does amazing things. And that's what he did. He, he showed himself once again by feeding a crowd of thousands of people with one little boy's lunch. He, as Brother Darren taught it last week, he, I forget the term he used, but he made something out of nothing, which none of us can do that, but God can do it. And that's what he did. He fed their stomachs. Beyond that, though, he fed their souls, and he began teaching them. And after the feast, the crowd, they were restless, ready for Messiah. If you were in their shoes, being under that uh, Roman occupation, they were ready for change. They were ready for something to happen. They were ready to get their freedom back. And they wanted to make Jesus king, Right in that moment, that's what the Scripture says, but Jesus slipped out of the crowd, and he went to the mountain uh, by himself. It was at that time that Jesus told his disciples to go ahead and get in the boat and to sail to the other side of the sea, and that he would meet up with them later. And the sun began to set, the moon began to beam, the night was perfect for another calm night. Another calm cruise across the sea, something that many of those disciples had done before over and over again. But something unfamiliar happened that day. Something was different. Uh, These fishermen who had been across the pond a time or two all of a sudden felt what you and I feel sometimes in our life. They felt the storm, and they felt it kick around. They were rowing across the sea with no concerns, and then all of a sudden, without warning, they found themselves in the middle of what felt like a hurricane. Things went from calm to chaos, and all their fears became realities. Isn't that life? That in a moment, things can change. That we can be sailing through life, and all of a sudden, that which was calm becomes chaotic, That which became absolute becomes questioned. That which we once really didn't, didn't give any concern to now concerns us. Because life changes, and it changes fast. Life that sometimes feels certain, sometimes all of a sudden does not feel as certain in a moment. Life has a way of turning. Life has a way of changing. Life has a way... It has, a, it has a way of messing us up. For the disciples, this, um, though it wasn't even their first time, they were in kind of a similar situation in the water and storms rage, storms come up. Previously in Mark 4, uh, there arose a great storm of wind and the waves beat in the ship. That's what we read. This is a different story. This is a different time. I, I think I said that wrong in the opening. This, in Mark 4, this isn't the same story. Um, this is another time that they're in the boat, and a great storm uh, comes. And it says, though, that he, being Jesus, this time was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow, 
And they awake him. And they said unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And it tells us that he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea those famous words, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And we read this, just an amazing miracle. It's an amazing miracle. You can preach about it. You can talk about it. How God is right there with you in the middle of the storm. And, and, and when you turn to him and you look to him, uh, God brings peace to chaos, doesn't he? You know, just an amazing uh, story. But this story that we're talking about in John 6, it's a different story. And the circumstances are a little different. This time, Jesus was not asleep in the back of the boat. He wasn't even on the boat with them. He was on the shore. And his disciples were what felt like by themselves. And in the physical form, they were by themselves in the middle of what felt like a hurricane. Have you ever experienced a time in your life where you, you couldn't feel God? You felt like you were by yourself. Has anyone been there? I know I've been there. Those times when the wind started blowing around you, and in the moment you felt like God was absent. I think if we're honest, all of us have been there and we felt that before. And even though we know that God is everywhere, and God sees all, and God knows all, and God's omnipresent, and so he's with us no matter what. Um, it doesn't, our head knowledge doesn't always control how we feel. And so while we know that God is everywhere, we still say things like this, God, where are you? God, do you see me right now. God, do you know where I'm at? Do you know what I'm experiencing? God, you say you love me. Your word tells me that you love me. But God, do you? Do you care for me? I, I read in Scripture that, Lord, you, to cast my cares upon you, for you careth for me. But, but my life's a mess, and it just... It compounds and it compounds, and my life's really a mess today. God, where are you? I know I have prayed those prayers. <laughs> I've prayed those prayers a lot recently, if I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, we sometimes feel alone, even if we know God is everywhere. Sometimes we feel hopeless and desperate. And we are looking for Jesus, looking for deliverance, looking for freedom, looking for safety. And we don't seem to be able to find him. And that's where the disciples are in this moment. They're hopeless. They're desperate. They're exposed to the storm. They're out there and by themselves. They feel alone. Mark's gospel, though, says this. Mark 6, and it's telling this story. Mark 6 is the corresponding uh, chapter here. Mark 6 and 48, it says this, that while they felt hopeless and while they felt desperate and while they felt alone, it says that Jesus saw them. 
he saw them toiling and rowing. That when the disciples could not see Jesus, Jesus saw the disciples. Let that sink in. Because we cannot always see Jesus and what we are going through. When, when life hits hard and when uh, bill after bill is due and we don't have the money to pay the, pay the bills and, and when a family member passes away unexpectedly or, or someone that we love is making poor decisions and we pray for them and we pray for them and nothing seems to change. In those moments, we don't always see the work of Jesus. We don't even see him sometimes. But just remember on this Sunday morning, if you don't hear anything else, that when you can't see him, he always is looking at you. And God sees you no matter what you are going through, no matter how crazy the storm is around you, God still sees you. And he saw them. He saw them when the water was calm. And he saw them when they were fighting for their lives. <clears throat> and when the water was, was crazy all around them, and the water was about to take the disciples under, Jesus came walking on that water. God sees you. When life turns in a moment, God sees you. When life surprises you and turns your world upside down, God sees you. And as he saw his disciples that day, God sees you. In verse 19, it says that when they had rowed about five and 20 or 30 furlongs, they see Jesus walking on the water and drawing nigh into the ship, and they were afraid. I think this is natural. As they're wrestling to steer the boat, they see a silhouette of a man walking on the water. Men don't walk on water. And they, you can just kind of see it. They're, they're, they're all of a sudden. I don't know if anyone's here seen this story depicted in the in the series, The Chosen. Um, it's it's beautiful. I highly recommend it. But I love it, it. Depicts it so well that I mean, they're they're just trying to stay afloat, and all of a sudden, something else scary <laughs> happens. They you just, they you just see a shadow. They see a silhouette coming towards them, and they should have known who it was, but they're men, and men sometimes don't always get things. Can I get an amen from the women in the house today? And um, they're afraid. It's natural to be afraid. It's natural to be afraid when you don't know what the outcome is on the other side of what you're going through. And they were afraid. They were afraid of the storm, and they were also afraid of what was coming at them in the moment. Uh, but in that moment, when they were afraid, he said unto them, It is I. Be not afraid. And I want to say that to someone here today. When you're going through whatever you're going through, it's natural to be afraid. But when you see Jesus, and when you know that Jesus is seeing you, all of a sudden you don't have to be afraid. 
when you can get to that place, when you understand that God knows right where I'm at, that God knows what I'm going through, that I'm not alone in this, that I'm not in the boat without someone watching over me while winds are raging all around me. When you get to that place when you know that God sees you, you don't have to be afraid because you can understand that while God sees you, God still loves you and God is there for you. And God showed up for them that day. God showed up not when they wanted him to, but in his perfect timing he showed up. And that's the hard part for us because we want him to show up at the beginning of the storm. If you're like me, I, I don't even want to go through the storm. I want him to show up before the wind comes. I, I want to be able to immediately go back and, and to the back of the ship in the back of the boat and say, God, come back out here and do what you did last time. Come out and say, peace be still. God, help me like you helped me last time. And sometimes we struggle with our faith. Is, it's because God doesn't always work the same way as he did yesterday. And God doesn't always work for us like he did for the person that we're sitting next to today. And so we see him working, and we know that he works. But we can't see how he's working. And when we don't understand the how of he works, sometimes we question in ourselves: is he still able to work for me now? And I want to encourage someone that even if he's working different than he did yesterday, he is still working. And even if his timing doesn't line up with your timing, God is still with you and he still sees you and he is still working. His timing is perfect. And if we could see the outcome while we were in the middle of what we're going through, we would have no, there would be no need for faith. But faith is believing that God is good no matter what I'm going through. That God, His ways are above my ways, even when I don't see what His ways are. It's putting trust in God and saying, God, my flesh tells me to be afraid, but Lord, I know that you are faithful, and so I'm going to trust in you and put my hope in you. Even when it doesn't make sense, God, I'm going to trust in you. So it wasn't the same as last time. This time, they were in the boat, and they had to trust that that God that God was going to still save them, even though he was on the sea. He showed up. He calmed their fears. He wasn't a scary ghost. He would be the Holy Ghost. <laughs> I just had to. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But something special happens here that really you've got to dig into the wording and dig into the background of the of what is said here to receive this revelation that I'm going to expound on just for a moment before we close. When he says, it is I, be not afraid, he revealed something so powerful. The King James Version, uh, when it reads that, it is I, be not afraid, uh, it 
in the translation there, it loses something so significant. Uh, the true rendering of that, the true translation of that is more powerful. While this is powerful, it is I be not afraid. There's something even greater here, what he's saying. Because when he said, it is I, what he was really revealing in that moment is that I am. I am. Be not afraid. Does those words sound familiar to us today? He was not just telling them, read my name tag. It's I'm Jesus, I'm here with you on the water. He was saying to them, I am the I am. Be not afraid. He made the highest divine claim in that very moment. That that I am that revealed himself to Moses in the Old Testament is the I am that is standing before you in the midst of your storm. I am not just just a, another guy. I'm not just another son. Uh, I am God Almighty. The God of the Old Testament is standing before you in the middle of your storm. The Jehovah Jireh who provided a ram for Abraham was standing before them on that shore. The Je Jehovah Rapha who healed the Israelites of their deadly diseases was in the middle of their storm on the sea. Jehovah Nisi who fought for Israel against their enemies was right there. Jehovah Shalom, who gave Gideon peace when he faced 120,000 ruthless, restless soldiers, was right there with him. Jehovah Shabbat, who stands at the helm of all of heaven's armies, and Jehovah Ra, who shepherds his sheep to safety. That Jehovah was standing in the wind, on the waves, was standing there when life was crazy and when life was a mess and when the storm was threatening their lives. That I am was with them and never lose sight of this that that I am is standing with you today the God of the Old Testament the God of the New Testament the God that we read about in scripture is the same God that is standing with you in the midst of your storm he is right there with you he sees you today even if you cannot see him he sees you even if you cannot see him he knows right where you are and he loves you and the I am is here on this Sunday morning. I'm here to proclaim today. The I am is in this room today. And if you come needing healing, the I am is here. If you come in needing freedom, the I am is here. If you need deliverance today, the I am is in the room. The I am sees you. And he will change your life. He will do it. He wasn't just a God coming to them. He was God Almighty from before time existed, coming to them. And God knows the outcome while you are in the beginning of your storm. He is who he's always been. He has always been faithful. He has always been good. He has always been there for me. Even when I couldn't see him, he was always there. And he is always there for us. As we sing, even though I can't see you, God, I can believe that you're working. Even when I can't feel you, Lord, I know you are working. Because God sees us. When we couple Matthew's gospel, which we didn't really read from today, uh, with this story in John's gospel, we see a more complete picture of what happened on that sea of Galilee that night. Peter could not believe what he was seeing. Peter saw this silhouette, 
Then he realized it was Jesus Christ. It was Jesus, the anointed one, the almighty God, the one who called him out from his past life, who called him from the sea to a life of following him, being a fisher of fish to a fisher of men. That Jesus was standing in front of him, the I am. The I am that he read about in Hebrew school. The I am that he knew about from his education and from um, his history. That I am was standing in front of him. And he asked that I am, that Jesus, if he can come on out. If he can take a step of faith himself. We know the story. He threw one leg over and then the next. And then he begins to do what only him and Jesus have ever done. Begins walking on that water. He let go of the boat, let go of his comfort zone, and he had his eyes locked on Jesus, on the answer, on his one who was watching him already. He now has his eyes on him. He begins taking steps of faith. An amazing story, an amazing, miraculous miracle. But the thunder clapped again and the lightning flashed again. Something took Peter's eyes off of him, which happens, which happens to all of us. And Peter began to sink in that moment. But Jesus does something that he does, and he's done, it, he's done it to me. And I believe in this room he's done it for many. That when Peter began to sink, Jesus reached out his hand. And he grabbed that man who was drowning, and he lifted him back up again. And what he did for Peter that day, he will do for you. That when all of a sudden you take your eyes off him and you can't see him anymore. And you begin to sink. You know better. You know he's standing there. You know he is with you. But you take your eyes off him for a moment. The Lord who reached down and picked up Peter will reach down and pick you up. Lift you up and set you back down again. So that you can go forward. That's the kind of God that I serve. That's the kind of God that I know, the God that I love. He is the God who sees me. He is the God who loves me. He's the God that will, who wants what's best for me. And that's the God who is here today. And if you are in a storm and you can't see God, remember God sees you. And if you've seen God, but you've, because lightning is still cra- crashing and thunder's raging and You get your eyes off him temporarily. Just know God still is looking at you. God still sees you and God is there to pick you up and to give you a chance for a new day. The I am is here today. The I am is in this room today. He he loves you. I'll just put it that way. That's simple enough. He loves you and he wants what's best for you. And he is right there. He's not far. He's close. Would you stand with me today? Take this word with you. Take it with you this week. 
Remember that no matter what happens in your life, there's a faithful God who loves you. And he cares for you. And if you're looking for deliverance, freedom, healing, God's in this house. And he is willing. He's willing to do a work in your life. I want us to pray, and then we're going to transition into prayer for our 1030 worship service, asking that the Lord would have his way in this place, believing. I said it earlier uh, you know, with our singers, musicians, and our volunteer team this morning, that today could be the day that someone's life changes, that this could be the Sunday for someone where the trajectory of their future is altered and changed. Does anyone else believe that today? I believe it by faith. Let's come expecting that. Let's go before the Lord in prayer to now. Jesus, we, we love you so much, Lord. We thank you for being there with us. The God who says, peace, be still, and the storm ceases. Lord, the God who, even in the middle of the storm, even if you're not saying in the moment, peace, be still, you're still with us, and you see us in the middle of the storm, no matter what we're going through. God, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your kindness towards us. We thank you that with you all things are possible. And that with you, Jesus, Lord, our life is different and life changes. So, God, we believe in you and trust in you. And I pray this week as we go in into our tomorrow, Lord, that we will not forget that you are, you are watching over us and you see us, that you are a friend and you are a father and you are there for us. Lord, when we call on you, you are there to answer. We love you and we thank you, Jesus. We love you, God. We thank you, Lord. We ask that your will would be done today in this house. In Jesus' name.